going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Zach Hernandez, episode of the Wrangle Center Podcast. Matt is not with us tonight. However, I got my man, Mike. Mike, thanks for joining. How are you doing tonight? I am great. And don't worry, everybody. Matt is with us in spirit. You see what I did there? <laughs> see what I did there? That's right. Um, guys, head over to our YouTube channel. If you're joining through Twitter, we cannot see or interact with your comments. Head over to YouTube.com slash 49ers Hive, and we'd love to interact with your comments. We are going to be previewing the 49ers Halloween matchup against the Bears. And as always, all the other 49ers drama that's going on right now. Uh, Mike, it's been a while since we've had you on. Um, there's so much going on right now. I think the first thing I want to start talking about is this Seth Wickersham book piece that is it drama trying to sell a book is it factual reporting um it it came out this past week that the Niners may have turned down a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo in the hopes of trying to obtain a first round pick and the Patriots basically said yeah right and hung up and then Seth Wickersham kind of walked it back and was like look I said nothing formal was ever offered it was very very informal what do you make of this I hate to call it clickbait, but um, you know, it's what what it is is it's it's striking while the iron is hot, right? You have this big controversy that we should have moved on from Jimmy. The fan base is it's not even split anymore. The people who were firmly in like the directors and conductors of the Jimmy G train are now like, yeah, I, I I'm running out of excuses for this guy, right? And so you always want to drum up as much interest in a story. And why Why not now? The 49ers have lost four games in a row. Uh, Trey Lance was out there. He didn't look great, but did he look as bad as Jimmy? Who knows, right? If they were close, then you probably should be going with the rookie. And the Niners are stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo now. Well, they had a chance to get rid of him, or at least that's what the rumors were. And so now you put this out, that little cliff note, and it blows up. And let's be honest, you're dealing with the most responsive fan base on all of Twitter. 49er fans, you you remember how we made Adam Rank damn near famous. Uh, sorry for the language. But we, 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 we basically made him famous when he came out with that 3-13 and 13 prediction, right? And we couldn't wait to rub his nose in it. So much so that, like, he just became a favorite after he started picking the 49ers. You know what I'm saying? And so... Um, it's just, it's just. I think it's someone taking advantage of uh, a situation um, and knowing that the time is now to hit send. Uh, there was, there was never an offer, uh, and I, I said it. I don't know if you saw it on my timeline. I said it as soon as the article came out. I said he starts it with rumors had it. Da 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 da. Seven sentences later, people are like, oh my god, the 49ers had an offer and they didn't take it. And Kyle's like, then I don't know if you want to go this far, but. Kyle goes to the podium and was like, no, because if that was the case, I'd have been on the phone with the head coach. Kyle was like, if we got offered a second, Jimmy's ass was out of here. Yeah. I, I just thought that was pretty incredible. So, you know, that, but yeah, it's just someone with the right timing. That's all that is. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, pulling up Seth Wickersham's tweet, he said, I never reported New England offered a second for Jimmy G. I reported that there was an informal discussion. It's public that New England was at least interested in Jimmy. It was waiting to see if the price might drop. Also public that SF might listen to any trade, but wanted a lot for him. Um, Ian Rappaport then kind of shared his kind of two cents and basically said it wouldn't have been possible to begin with because the Patriots couldn't have afforded Jimmy Garoppolo's salary. So unless we saw something like 
uh, the was it the Texans paying the Browns to take on Brock Osweiler's contract or whoever the hell they paid to take on Brock Osweiler's contract. I'm remembering vaguely, but that's basically what would have happened to ha- happen here. Um, Mike Sando, fantastic reporter for the NFL, uh, excuse me, from The Athletic, shared the actual snippet from the book, uh, Seth Wickersham, and it says, um, you know, there was an informal call between a high-level representative of the Patriots and a high-level 49ers official. What was Garoppolo's price? New England wondered if a second rounder would suffice, calling it even from 2017, but the 49ers wouldn't take less than a first. For a moment at least, San Francisco was counting on Garoppolo to be the quarterback for 2021. Make of that what you will. I, I agree with you, Mike. It's all done to sell this book. That, that's kind of what I'm taking it as. You know, and when there's no agenda, these conversations can actually happen in fun where, you know, you, you kind of can joke about it, right? And the 49ers are in a very, very similar situation. The first time they called about Garoppolo, the Patriots said no. And then John Lynch even went on the podium and was like, and I chuckled about it. was like, <laughs> well, what about Tom Brady, Right. It was tongue-in-cheek, an informal offer. It doesn't mean that people don't pick up the phone and ask about every player on your roster, but that's not an official offer. And so even if it was something as small as what John Lynch said when he asked about Tom Brady, that doesn't mean that the Niners ever turned down an offer. And it doesn't mean that the Niners made an offer to get Tom Brady. And so we just have to look at what's being said. But we're such a passionate fan base. We're so hooked on this, you know, it's this era, this this. Uh, you know, this TikTok era where seven seconds, like the smallest little clip means everything to you. And that's kind of what you get stuck with. So, um, you know, it's, it is what it is, man. That's a perfect way to explain it. I really do think that's what it is. The shorter attention spans, people are trying to figure it out. Um, it's quicker than ever. With that being said, it kind of does seem like they, they Brady wanted to come here and the Niners kind of dropped the ball on that. Um, which is heartbreaking to be 100% fair though, that 2019 season, but the last one that Brady was in new England, I was on plenty of podcasts. This one included saying at this point, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo and Brady were meeting in the middle because I don't know if anybody remembers Tom Brady's last season, in new England, the guy couldn't throw the ball down the field. He did not look like the Tom Brady that's now in Tampa. And I honestly thought, Jimmy Garoppolo at this point in his career is better than Tom Brady at this point in his career. Obviously, I'm eating my words now, and the 49ers are as well. But, I mean, it, it, at the time, I think it was slightly understandable. But also, you have to take into the fact, consideration, that's Tom Brady. The amount of right. knowledge the man brings is even that much more valuable right there. So, it's tough, man. Um, we got a question for you, Mike, from our guys over Forever Faithful Podcast. Do you feel Trey is ready, or should we wait? regardless on how the season is going right now uh no i don't think trey lance is ready i think i think that the second that he's ready kyle's throwing him in there this team invested too much to not want him to be successful and you know i'm guilty of it too you know i overreacted after trey's first start and said that it felt like a sabotage it felt like you know we, we see the play calls that one quarterback gets versus the other and all us faithful really wanted to see was if trey could do what jimmy does right and the game plan just felt completely different and so you know yeah I, I was in my feeling during the overreaction show and I felt like you know this is this is BS and Kyle's up to something and he's outsmarting himself and he's doing too much and all that and it, that's just not it's not true once you take the emotions out of it there's no reason for Kyle Shanahan to want to sabotage 
the guy that they traded up to get all the way to number three. Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but I honestly feel that as soon as Trey Lance is ready, that look here, think of it this way, guys, right? They have nothing to prove with Jimmy Garoppolo. E- everyone can see the limitations that are out there. Uh, we already made the Super Bowl. Consider it money already earned, right? We didn't cash in all the way, but damn it, we were right there, okay? Um, and if Trey Lance was ready, because everyone knows he's more talented, he's more physically gifted than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And they also said that he picked up the playbook and the installments and uh, faster than any other quarterback that they've ever had on the team, right? So that's another positive for him. So then if he was ready, that means mentally uh, throwing motions and all that, if he was ready, there would be no reason to put him in because we all just came out with the standings. The 49ers are one game out of the seventh seed in the in the, in the uh, postseason run, right? It's pathetic, I know. But if Lance was ready and we were one game out, there would be no reason for Kyle not to make the switch and have this kid come in like a hero, you know? Uh, and so it means that there's something going on that we aren't privy to. There's some more struggles, uh, some more complications behind the scenes that we just don't know. And we, we, we haven't seen yet. That's yeah, that's a great explanation. I really do think, I mean, it's similar to the Brandon Ayuk Trey Sermon situation where something's going on. We don't know what it is. Something that we're not privy to, like you said, Mike is going on behind the scenes, whether it's not practicing well, whether it's breaking team rules, this is all speculation. Um, but we just constantly hear from these guys in the media, Colin, excuse me, Kyle and John, especially from Brandon, Oh, he needs to learn how to become a pro. Oh, he knows what's expected of him. And once he gets that, he'll do good in this league. And the insinuation is he's not there yet. So that is kind of confusing. Um, But as far as the Arizona game, Trey Lance's first start, I thought it was interesting because a lot of people were saying, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo would have won this game for the 49ers if he started instead of Trey. I honestly cannot say that they would have done any better with Jimmy. Um, I thought Trey did exceptionally well against pretty much the best team in the league at that point. And they basically came, what, one possession of winning the game? If Kyle learned how to use his dang kicker for once instead of going for it on fourth down five times, maybe they win the game. I don't know. It is something that I I thought was just very interesting because I thought Trey had a bit of a shaky start with that high interception. He's known to miss. He misses high. But he calmed down, and I thought even if it was sabotage, even if it was just he really doesn't know the playbook and Kyle's just using him as much as he can as a runner – I don't know, but he looked good. And I thought from that point, honestly, there was no way they could go back to Jimmy. Shocker, they went back to Jimmy. And we, we saw his horrific Sunday night performance. Blame it on the rain. Blame it on his calf injury like he did. Whatever it is, we're not going to get into it. But my question for you, Mike, we've seen people like Grant, uh, other podcasters out there, some some really good podcasters, speculating that Kyle necessarily – didn't have Trey at the top of his list and might have gotten overruled by Jed, by John, by both of them, by Adam Peters, by everyone. Perhaps Mac actually was at the top of his list and he got overruled and they told him, no, Trey's the guy. The fan base will revolt if you actually do draft Mac. I see Twitter. I know what's going on. I mean, they're aware, Mike. They're hiding Harbaugh's name in the tweet replies right now. I'm sure you've seen this. So... Do you think there's any truth to that? He got overruled and Trey wasn't the first quarterback he wanted. 
that's that that's really really interesting um and there was there was a point in time where i was on that same train uh where i was saying that i'm convinced that kyle didn't want lance right i i again i even tweeted that and it's weird because i don't tweet a lot of stuff like that i try to save it for shows but i actually tweeted that uh i'm convinced kyle didn't want lance this was also around the time i thought it was a sabotage game right um i just i i don't know i don't know um if you listen to 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 john lynch in the, in the when they first discussed the trade up and the selection of lance um you know he was talking about how he and kyle went to separate rooms and they studied all the quarterbacks and he said they came back together and, they, and then he looks at kyle and says are you ready to draft trey lance it wasn't kyle saying it to him it was him saying it to kyle so maybe there is some truth to it i can't see I can't see Kyle, though, wanting to trade up for a player that I think everyone felt would have been there. He wasn't the the wow guy in this entire – he wasn't. Uh, Him and Kyle Trask were like the most plain Jane quarterbacks in this entire draft, and no one felt like you had to move up to get him. And so I think that once Kyle – even if Kyle thought maybe, all right, maybe he had got settled on, we're drafting a quarterback, we're at 12, and maybe he did fall in love with Trey Lance prior to trading. I mean, um, Mac Jones prior to trading up, right? But from the moment that we traded up, that was way back in March, right? Kyle had to know, let me find someone else to focus my energy on. And so it could not have like settled with Kyle that Lance was an option. I mean, damn it, that uh, McCorkle Jones was an option. McCorkle, McCorkle, man. I, I, I Sometimes I forget that's his name. Um, <laughs> to his credit, he's playing all right in New England, though. And, and I think that's a good fit for him. And that's another thing, too, is that people, you know, that's part of this why a New England writer would tweet something like that out, right? Is because, you know, if if the Niners had him, would they be in the situation that they're in? Well, we have to remember, everybody who does any kind of draft coverage and, you know, scouting and anyone who talked about it, he had the highest floor of any potential quarterback in this draft that include included a trevor lawrence a zach wilson justin fields he had the highest floor that means that him at his worst is going to be better than any other prospect at their worst but he also had probably the second lowest ceiling so you're going to get a steady eddie guy who's intelligent who can come in here learn your playbook and operate the system and execute whatever plays you want to be executed. But he's not going to give you that wow factor when the offensive line breaks down. He's not going to give you that hard run for two or three yards up the middle uh, with a guy holding onto his you know, his right ankle. He's, he's not that guy. He's not going to give you those kind of things. Uh, so I don't think anybody should be surprised at what we're seeing from him over there in New England. This is sustainable. This is who he's going to be. We'll have to see if he has that... Uh, that factor, that it factor to adjust once the league catches up to his tendencies and his preferences. But I mean, this, this, he was, he was the safe pick for any team uh, in this, in this draft. Yeah. And, you know, Steve said it here, the quote from that kind of press conference right before the draft, that really got a lot of information out of Kyle. I want a quarterback that can throw like breeze and run like Lamar. That's not Mac Jones. And I even, I listen after that, after that tweet, or that uh, this this clip, I went and bet 
I'm not going to say because my wife can hear me. I went and put money down on a betting site that we were drafting Justin Fields. To me, that's what this said. Yep. McCorkle was the furthest thing away from my mind at that time. And so, you know, I, I just don't think I, I don't know. I don't I, I find it hard to believe it's not, it's not to say that he didn't want him at one point when we're sitting at 12. But once we traded up, I think he got a little excited and looked for the highest upside, which is how you land on a guy like Lance. If you truly believe that Jimmy is someone that you can win games with, you might not wow, but you can win some games with. Why not draft the guy that you believe has the highest upside and let him sit so you can craft and hone those skills to bring out that upside? I mean, ideally, it's not playing out that way, but ideally, this was the perfect situation and team for Trey Lance to come to. It really was. I mean, you had the an established head coach. People might not like his record, but you had a guy who was considered an offensive genius. They might be back and backtracking on that now you had a um a quarterback who got your team to a super bowl and could win games we're looking terrible on that front now too right but you had a good defense you had an excellent run game you just shored up your left tackle i mean this was the ideal situation for trey lance to go to uh, uh, uh an offensive system offensive coordinator good run game good defense and you can sit you don't have to get rushed out there because of how inexperienced you are uh you were in college and and where you played in college so i mean it all seemed like the perfect like the stars were aligning but alas here we are yeah and speaking of justin fields i was 100 percent sure draft day i went to work i had my ohio state colored tie and everything i'm like this is justin Fields. there's no way it's not justin field and it's trey lance and i'm like i mean we did the show and anthony is like five seconds ahead of us because he probably has like a non-HD TV. I'm just messing with you, Anthony. I don't know why he's five seconds ahead of us, but he was. And his reaction totally gave it away. But I was stunned. I'm like, wow, okay, Trey Lance. I thought Trey Lance was like the third option, at least like realistically speaking. I honestly thought it was Justin Fields or Kyle's messing with everyone, and it is going to be Mac Jones. Um, But I'm really excited with the pick, and I think that there's something to be said Right now, maybe not in a year's time, that perhaps it was Mac Jones that Kyle had, at least close than most people think. But then again, you say they wouldn't have traded up. Kyle said a guy that we take at 10, you should be happy that we take at 3 or whatever the hell he said. So then also it's like, so why would you even say that? Why even trade up? You know, like it's all over the place. I don't want to rehash out the draft day drama because there was plenty of that. Um Moving on, though, do you really think, because this is also, there's so many tinfoil hats going around Twitter and YouTube and uh, Apple Podcasts right now in the 49ers community, that Kyle was ready to make the switch, but Trey got hurt this this and coming into this week? No. No, not even close. Uh, all right, so this, this is coming from uh, Kyle said that uh, if Trey – he, oh, damn it. I, I thought he looked really well against Arizona. He played well enough to win. Uh, he got injured, and then uh, people went back on to say um, that he would have had a chance yeah. if he was healthy, right? What people are forgetting is that Kyle said uh, we were lucky Jimmy was able to practice and participate this week. We were lucky that Jimmy was able to play. I think 
and this is something that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to get credit for. I think Jimmy actually played through a little bit of this, this sprain, this calf sprain or contusion that he had. And I think that if Lance got out of that Arizona game uninjured, Jimmy Garoppolo would have still been inactive. I don't even think they would have tried to rush him back from that injury. So we could have gotten two consecutive games of Lance. Not that Lance earned the starting spot, but that Jimmy would have still been injured. Uh, and that's why after, even after the game, uh, they asked Kyle, is, is Jimmy going to be your starting quarterback? Or are you still going to stick with Jimmy as a starter? And he was like, I would think so. Uh, I got to see how we come out of this game. And I think that he learned his lesson because following the Cardinals game, we all thought Lance was fine. And then the next thing you know, oh, man, there's a knee, there's a knee issue. Uh, and so I don't think he was going to speak definitively saying, yeah, Jimmy's the guy, because if something tightened up on Jimmy, if Jimmy felt some type of way, then he would have been like, yeah, no. But he said he's going to review the film, see how we came out of this game. Well, he knew he knew the results of the game already. Right. So reviewing the film is analyzing some stuff. Gives you a little hope for Lance. But see how we came out of this game. That was a pure health related comment. Uh, and that's what I think that that, that was all about. OK, that's very logical, very level headed, something we don't get a lot often here in the Niners community. Uh, Debbie Ryan said, Jimmy's poor play is kind of forcing Kyle's hand a bit. He can continue with Jimmy and risk a losing season or put Trey in and let him learn on the job, which is a great point because people are starting to call for his job already, Mike. And if you put in a rookie quarterback and fans see even 10% progress, there's no fan that's going to come out and say, fire him. I want a new head coach to come in and install his offense next season. It, it's just not realistic. So if that were to be the case to where Kyle does genuinely feel like his job is online, I would think we would have seen that switch already because that basically would extend his career at the very least a year. Um, ben Albright said, you know, I'll put a thousand dollars or whatever amount it was to any charity if Kyle's not the head coach of next season. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere, but it is a good point from Debbie that Jimmy's poor play really is kind of rushing things, I think, a lot quicker than he wanted to. Yeah, well, it's going to come down to people. I And I'm one of these people. I am. Not, not that I was. I am one of these people. If we're going to lose with Jimmy, I would rather put Trey Lance in there and lose with him. And one, I get to watch the shiny new toy, right? We're, we're going to get to play with this thing and see how it how it works. Uh, but the other thing is, let him get this experience that he lacks so much of. And so Kyle is, he, they have to be thinking the same thing in the front office. But that still makes me go back to, then why aren't they putting him in? And I think that comes down to, Again, it's got to be like a mechanics thing, a footwork thing. There's something that they're trying to fix that is beyond, do you know the playbook, the X's and O's? There's something there. Maybe he he's he's struggling to read. I hate putting these thoughts out there because people think that this is what I think. I don't know what it is, but there's something else other than Jimmy gives us the best shot to win. See, when they make that comment, that makes people think that it's which quarterback is better. Jimmy gives us the best shot to win. Okay, well, which quarterback is better? Well, we see that Jimmy sucks. He's giving you the best shot and you're still losing. Then go ahead and make the switch and lose with the other guy. You know, but then the other comment that they say that no one else is paying attention to anymore is Trey Lance isn't ready. Those are two very different comments. And they have to stop saying Jimmy gives us the better, ch better, better chance to win 
because we keep losing with Jimmy. They have to stop saying that now. If it's going to be about Trey Lance not being ready, that's, that needs to be their reason as to why he's not starting and not this whole chances to win thing. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's just like that 24 and 8 or whatever record uh, fans love to kind of throw out there. That 8 has quickly become double digits, and now yeah. it's getting yeah. added on to more and more each week. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian says, probably when the playoffs are out of reach, if this continues, likely when they make the switch. He got asked that, I want to say by Grant, um, when do you feel it's okay to put in the rookies and Trey Lands and whatnot? And Kyle basically said, like, I, I never just give up, if that's what you're asking. And I feel like Kyle's, like, deliberately obtuse, specifically with Grant Cohn's questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what it is, Kyle takes it, like, that extra step to go mm-hmm. around answering it directly. Make of it what you will. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I saw that. I listened to that. And you can feel it. <laughs> you could feel you could feel the uh the tension there i mean there there's there's a there's a sincere i won't say dislike I, I i'll never speak on how someone else feels about someone else but you can tell there's this hesitancy and this uh like uh they're ready to like face off at any moment you know it's, it, it's definitely there it reminds me like kyle knows grant's trying to get a clip so he yeah. does everything it's almost like when you see like uh how do i put this like certain reporters politically driven whatever way they know that somebody's trying to take them out of context so they'll say like i zach hernandez think the other day that zach thinks you know like they purposely jumble their words that way you cannot get a headline out of this without the dot 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 dot. it's almost like that's what kyle's doing just because he doesn't want that quote to go out there and get get steam kyle's on twitter don't think he's not on twitter he says he's not he's talked about stuff that's happened on twitter before so it's like you're on it bro you're on it yeah Yep. Uh, let's see. Pinora says, Hey, it's Mike. How many dogs did you catch today? <laughs> so they, they've seen me in my work van and I work <laughs> for a medical company. We deal with different types of gases and liquid, liquid, uh, gases and things like that. Um, and so behind me is this, it's a thick glass, but there's holes so I can still peek back and see like it's a thick glass and then it's metal, a metal sheet, but then there's holes so I can peek back into the back of the van. Uh, and they said it looked like I was driving a dog catcher van. So so this has been a thing for the last like week or so uh, on on our show as well, man. They they, they, they give it to me, man. But it's, I, at least I know they're paying attention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Alex added, realistically, the biggest question is, did the team create a contingency of Jimmy Garoppolo's quality is close to 2019? Right now, his QBR is lower than CJ or Nick. Yikes. Um yeah, it doesn't seem like they're this, okay. This is kind of my whole issue with this team this year. You bet on Jason Verrett and Jimmy Garoppolo to stay healthy. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, and that's that was the thing. Like, if you look at the most important positions on both sides of the ball, right? Some people will say it's the cornerback position, right? Um, injury, a very, very uh, familiar history with injury, more time off the field than on the field. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo. When it's time for him to be the starter, he has spent just as much time off the field as on the field. Um, and then you even look at George Kittle. You're, you know, people say the best offensive weapon on the team. He's often injured. Uh, prior to this season and knock on some serious wood, the same could be said for Debo Samuel. It seems like all the positions of concern are where people are usually the most banged up. 
except for Fred Warner and that linebacker. But people are saying his play is taking taking a step back. It just it just doesn't feel right, man. You just you got to wonder. Like, I I think I we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I think the draft strategy changes up a lot this year. I really do. I really really do. That's actually my next question for you. But real quick, we get into Stewart's comment here. Excuse me. It looks like Kyle. Still wants Trey to get the intermediate passing game down. However, not playing Trey robs him of that opportunity to grow and continue to learn. It's a difficult situation. I agree. Yeah, well, so the thing is you can't take all the deep shots. They have the the least uh, completion percentage in the NFL historically. So you can't sit there and just be like, yeah, he can, he can come out here and do that. And everything can't be a check down, right? These players are wired – where what they're going to do is they're going to come in here and they're going to get open across the middle of the field. That is George Kittle's bread and butter, right? The windows change. We remember how many bad at passes we saw in the Arizona game, right? And a lot of that's going to be on Trey. It's not the offensive lineman all of a sudden, and he's taller than Jimmy. So this has to do with trajectory. This has to do with the vision and seeing, seeing things and trying to, you know, arc the ball over versus, you know, zip it in and things like that. Yes, he absolutely has to, to learn that, but, at what cost? And that and that's really what they're, I in my opinion, that's what they're trying to figure out. The risk versus the reward thing. Do we just go out here and just say, F it, you know, here's three more games that we can lose, but the the value of the knowledge gained is going to outweigh it at the end. And that, that's what they're looking at. Yep. Uh, Stewart said, the Bears are severely banged up, missing their left tackle, corners, elite edge rusher. This game would have been a good game to get Trey in before we get revenge on a banged up Cardinals team in nine days. That's that's a that's a pretty big statement there. Um, I'll be at that game, by the way. So let's let's hope they get something nice because I don't want to sit there and be like thirty-five to seven or some crap like that. The Cardinals game? You're going to yeah. the second Cardinals game? I bought tickets months ago. Whenever the whenever they came out. You think you think Lance will be starting by then? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, Ben Albright, guys like that are saying they're still playing Jimmy to tr- up his trade value. I don't buy it. I, I, let me not say that. I don't buy there's any trade value left there, yeah. but I think they do. I think after this trade deadline passes, they should switch to Trey. But and it's soon, pro- right? Yeah, it's after this week. Okay. My problem is if Jimmy wins, and right now it's looking like the 49ers should win this game. That's never stopped them before, but they should win this game. I don't think they can make that switch after Jimmy leads the Niners against a win or to a win against the Bears. So it, it's tough, but I think Trey probably plays a lot more against the Cardinals than we've seen previously. Um, you you think a win against the Bears is um, is all it takes to get people to stop with the no. Jimmy versus Trey thing or no? Not in the least. It, it's not going away. In my opinion, it's not going away until the switch is made. Yeah. And even a little after that, because if Trey Lance is officially named the starter and not due to injury and he loses two games, you know what people are going to say. Well, we were doing that with Jimmy anyway. You might as well have kept him in there and let the kid get ready. Like, so it's not it's not going to go away until one of these guys are off the team. Unfortunately, that's that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, Nico says, I feel like Jimmy has given up with things go bad. I'm a big Jimmy fan, but I do think that that trail and starts next week, win or lose. I do think that trail and starts next week. I, I I might have misread some of that, but yeah, I, I just think it's the whole calf thing, Matt, Mike. You touched on earlier. I keep on calling you Matt. Touched on earlier, calf 
strain, contusion, strain, tusion, step bruise. It seems like the team's not even on the same page as to what exactly it is. After Sunday night's loss against the Colts, Kyle was asked, do you think his calf injury, you know, uh, hindered him in any way? And he said, I can't imagine that it would have. And then Jimmy Garoppolo was asked the same question. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At times, I definitely felt it out there. There's some level of disconnect with that injury. I don't know what it is, but it, it, it's it's weird and I don't like it. Well, that and that's what I was saying is that, you know, we got to look back to what Kyle was saying. We're lucky that he was able to practice. We were lucky he was able to get out there. And then Garoppolo right away was, oh, you know, I definitely felt it. I definitely felt it. But what was weird was just how they couldn't tell you what it was. Oh, it's a strain or it's a pull. It's a bruise. Or and what he, play happened. Yeah. Someone stepped on it. Oh, I took a knee to it. Like it was, it was so strange. Like I, I legitimately thought that they were faking this whole thing. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. I really thought that they were faking the entire thing. Um, and maybe, maybe they were right. Maybe, maybe they were. And the, the team was hoping to make the change and use the injury as the reason. And then turns around that in turn, ended up Trey being the one injured. And it was like, damn, we can't use this excuse anymore. Let's get Jimmy back out there now. And, you know what I'm saying to see what happens. So I don't know. Um, and I and I see that you know the the one guy. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't. Let me see if I can scroll down on the on the comments here. Uh, yeah, I can see it here. Uh, he was saying that the trial starts next week, win or lose. Uh, he's saying the the um, yeah there there it is, Nico. Uh, the the Trey Lance trial starts, win or lose. It doesn't matter how things go against the Bears. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not as inclined to agree with that. It's not that I don't want it to happen. I think Kyle is way more stubborn than what people think he is, right? And so you you make this move. You have a meeting of the minds. You talk to your player personnel, your GM, your CEO. You talk to all the decision makers here. Jed, do we have your unwavering support? And Jed went out and finally publicly spoke and said, we are prepared to pay Jimmy the remainder of his con- of his contract if that's what's necessary. That means that they are fully committed to the development of Trey Lance, not just getting him and putting him on the field. They could have put him on the field week one. They already got him, right? Jed York came out and showed unwavering support for his coaches and his team by saying that we are prepared. I, I am well aware of what we just invested to get this guy. He can sit. And we can keep Jimmy as long as we need. That tells me that they are trying to do something. The biggest critique about that, that I have with this team is that they don't develop any players at any position, except maybe on the defensive line, right? Chris Kosur kind of has a knack for getting some stuff out of some guys, right? But on the offensive side of the ball, you don't see receivers getting better. They just do what they do. You don't see quarterbacks getting better. They just do what they do, right? Tight ends. I mean, George Kittle went down and the tight end position just completely vanished, right? Uh, they don't develop talent here. They don't get more out of these guys than what they are in their rookie seasons. Debo, what we're seeing now is the same Debo, in my opinion, that we've seen all along. He's just getting all the targets now, right? And so what does that mean? That means that I think that this team committed to developing Trey Lance before exposing him to the rest of the world. And if that's the case, this is going to be long. This is going to be painful for us because we're going to be out with the pitchforks and, and you know, you know we're, we're out there. We want Lance. We want Lance. But this team tried telling us at the very beginning of the season how committed they were 
to the development of this guy. This was an investment. We didn't draft him to play him right away. We drafted him to capitalize and extract that highest ceiling of all the quarterbacks in this draft that we saw. To add on to your point real quick, um, we talked about it in the post-game show, Matt and I did, that most of the information these color commentators are, are talking about is fed to them from team representatives. And we heard Chris Collinsworth, national TV, you know, oh, you know, if Jimmy plays well, there's a chance he could continue into his starting gig in 2021 and 2022 season. So don't be surprised if he's still starting here under center. That terrified me, Mike. That legit terrified me. I'm like, this nightmare is never going to end. Trey's going to play out his rookie contract, never starting a game. Uh, well, aside from injury. But, you know, it's like, come on, man. Just make the move. Everybody knows what the move is. And and just real, real quick, and then we'll move on. How can you develop a guy when you're not giving him snaps, you're not letting him start games, and you've admitted you give him 5% of the snaps at practice? And that's not with the starters. And that so, is precisely why I think it's less about the playbook and more about fundamentals, um, throwing motions, footwork. That's exactly why I think it's that. Because everything you're saying and everything that you're doing with him, he's on the scout team. He gave us excellent looks this week to mimic Justin Fields, right? So he's clearly not trying to do what we do on offense. He's there emulating and, and playing his other guys. So that tells me that this is something that is not about learning the 49ers playbook and getting in there with those guys. They're not even worried about chemistry with the offensive linemen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so to me, it's 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 something else. And that's why I think we're we're going to be in this um, this purgatory for a while. Unfortunately, um, guys, I want to take a quick second to thank today's sponsors. Um, I'm still getting used to this restream. So bear with me here while I pull up the other screen. I think I need to change this here. Uh, where we go. There we go. Guys, head over to mybookie.ag right now. There were some NBA games that uh, we tweeted out. You guys could have bet on it. And as soon as somebody uh, between the Mavericks and the Nuggets hit the first bucket, you guys would have won some money. D the NBA games never go scoreless. So obviously, it's a lock. It's easy money. Um, that's not all. UFC 267 is tomorrow. Um, and right now, my bookie is giving all users a hundred dollars risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship main event fight. So don't wait, guys. Head over to mybookie.ag. Excuse me, mybookie.ag, and use our promo code Hive. That's H-I-V-E, and my bookie will instantly double your first deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars. You deposit fifty bucks, they'll match you fifty bucks. hundred dollars, they'll match you all the way up to a thousand. That's promo code HIVE, H-I-V-E, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Thank you very much, MyBookie, for sponsoring the show. Next, guys, I want to shout out 81 Vino. Go check out 81 Vino. Twa Owen started his own wine company, 81Vino.com. Enter code HIVE, 10% off your entire purchase, and free shipping on two or more bottles. Shout out to the team there. Great team. We got Acre Gold. If Matt was here, he'd call it my gold stamp. It's two and a half grams. People like to clown on it, say it's small. Two and a half grams of gold. You don't have to fork out hundreds of dollars at once, $50 a month once you reach the market price of two and a half grams. 
they'll discreetly send you a gold bar and nice and secure. Really cool. You don't have to fork out all this money. You chip it away like an investment and then you actually get it in the mail. Shout out to Acre Gold. And lastly, guys, we got our merch store. We got to plug our merch. Shop49ershive.com, code RGS15, 50% off. Steve and I helped. Well, Steve helped a lot with this Debo shirt. We got that Friday font down here. Debo, him riding that bike. That's on our merch store right now. Shop49ershive.com, code RGS15, 50% off your entire purchase. You can start placing your orders within the next two to three weeks to ensure you get them in time for Christmas. It seems crazy we're talking about Christmas already, but that's where we are. So RGS15, shop49ershive.com. Thank you to all of our sponsors, guys. Go support them because they support us. Mike, back onto this team, this dysfunction, everything that's going on right now. Do the 49ers have a problem with evaluating talent, whether that's free agency or draft? Are they doing something incorrectly? That's a that's a really, really tough question. Uh, uh, initially, you kind of want to say yes, right? But then you a larger part of me has to say no because you look at Lenore. We saw it's like, wow, this kid's way better than what we thought. But then it's like, well, yeah, but Ambry Thomas was drafted before him, and what's he doing, right? Then you Sherman. look at – I mean, yeah, yeah. Trey Sermon, right? Elijah Mitchell. This yeah. kid looks great. Trey Sermon was drafted before. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? All right. You look at even Brandon Ayuk. All camp, you heard Sherfield, Sherfield, Sherfield. He's killing it out there. It seemed like he had leapfrog Brandon Ayuk, the first round pick. And Ayuk is still just out there running routes for the hell of it, right? He's just out there doing wind sprints. And it's like, well, what is this team doing? Like, how, how, how is this happening? Right. This is what I settled on because I, I was thinking about this recently. I think the team evaluates talent. I think they do a good job at it. I think the team at a certain point outsmarts themselves. Everybody thinks Brandon Ayuk should be getting more targets. Everybody thinks Trey Lance should be getting more reps. Everybody thinks we should see more of Trey Sermon. That game that he played in against Seattle, we were like, yo, there it is. That's what we've been wanting to see. Right. The, the ground and pound, you know, the thudder right there up the middle. That's the guy that we wanted to see. Um, so I can't say that they don't know how to evaluate talent. Hufunga looks like he's going to be a player, right? I mean, we've seen the fifth-round picks come in and out. Trent Taylor was, when healthy, very good. George Kittle, very good. They got a lot out of Colbert. I mean, the this team has done things in the later rounds. Look at freaking the two offensive linemen they drafted, right? Aaron Banks, what the heck were they doing? But then you look at Jalen Moore, and it's like, that guy's a really good tackle. He could replace Mike McGlinchey. Like, this guy's really good. They evaluate talent. They do it well. But then they start doing this weird stuff with, like, we're going to play you because we need you, but as soon as we don't need you anymore, you haven't earned this playing time yet. And they pull these guys back. I don't know where Lenore has been. They're saying that he's transitioning to nickel, that – you know, it's I, I just I don't know anymore. They're doing something that's very strange. They're not using the players right, but the talent is you you can't second guess it. The talent is there. That's a good point. Um, the talent, yeah, maybe they're good at spotting it, but not good at cultivating it or developing it, working with it. Maybe that's the best term. Um, because once they get in, things get funky. There's this infamous rumored, I'll, I'll speculate it, Kyle Shanahan's doghouse 
players get in, never get out. Matt and I talked about it this week um, on our overreact, or excuse me, our post game show. Does it help the team when Kyle and John come out here and publicly critique guys? I can't say it does. I mean, look, it broke Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis was a broken man up there at those press conferences after a season and a half of Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he literally looked like somebody that was, you know, keep him away from the bridges because that dude was not in a good headspace. And that was 100% due to Kyle Shanahan just being way too hard on him. And may I don't know, my personal theory is Kyle Shanahan's probably thinking, I played the wide receiver position. I know what it takes. I know what it takes to be elite. But dude, you did not play at any sort of high level at all. You are not known as a beast wide receiver. You know, it's like, come on, man. So I don't know. There's this weird high standard that he puts on specifically, it seems like the receivers. But on the other hand, you handpicked these guys. So how can you come out and then say, oh, I don't know. They're not coming or they're not coming along the way I wanted. You selected them. You passed over guys like C.D. Lamb, who's a complete beast in Dallas. Who knows if the roles were reversed? Would we be saying the same thing about C.D. here? C.D.'s a bust. C.D.'s not making it. C.D.'s not owning up or living up to his status. I don't know, man, but yeah. Okay, so this is Joey, Joey Ardondo. Go ahead, go ahead. I just want to say something about that wide receiver position in particular. Uh, I went on this little tirade uh, about how Kyle does something with he, how he uh, deploys players in his system where he takes away what makes these guys special. It seems like if you don't run this route this way at this depth and get to this point at this moment, you're not doing it right, and we don't want you out here. But then if that's the case, just draft anybody and make them do that. Don't go out there and get the guy with the long reach. You're not using these guys to what makes them special, what caught your attention in the first place, if you want them to come out there and be robots. that And that, that seems to me to be a massive problem with how Kyle Shanahan is trying to use these guys. He wants to, like, you, you not every, Christian McCaffrey cannot be used the same way that a guy like Adrian Peterson can be used. They're two complete, or Saquon Barkley. They're two completely different styles of running backs, right? A Julio Jones is very different from a Tyreek Hill, right? Like different statures, like that. Th- this stuff is not the same. And unfortunately, Kyle, it seems like, I'm not there. I don't know this to be, you know, biblical or anything. But it seems like Kyle wants people to run routes a very specific way. He wants running backs to look and do very specific things. And it's like, then what was the point of drafting this type of guy if you just want him to do exactly what Kendrick Bourne did? Yeah, It doesn't make any sense. You know what I was thinking about the other day? And I was thinking, everybody sees Patrick Mahomes since he became the starter. And everybody probably thinks what I would do to have a quarterback like that on my favorite team. I bet you Kyle Shanahan sees him and he is sh- shitting bricks because he's like, stick to the play. <laughs> he's probably freaking out so angry that he's ad-libbing these plays, but it works. But Kyle would probably have benched him after two games of that and we never would have even known Patrick Mahomes was special because he's not doing what Kyle Shanahan wants. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious here, obviously. I'm joking, but it does seem like, Mike, you're, you're onto something that he wants robots. And I think that's why he was so infatuated with Kirk because it was like Kirk can do what I want him to do and he's not the type of quarterback to do too much else. 
and he can do just enough to get me there. And that's all I need. And, and maybe he puts too much trust and faith in his system. I don't know whatever it is, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And Hit that's like exactly this. why a guy like that's exactly why a guy like Mac Jones would have been appealing. Just go in there and do what I'm asking you to do. Exactly. Uh, Debbie Ryan said, I wrote a paper on the doghouse thing Kyle does. Check it out on Wayne Breezy's Patreon page. That's awesome. We'll check that out for sure. That's great. Um, we got some bad news, unfortunately. Ken Law out for the year. We're going to start to get into these injuries, and, and, and this show is supposed to be the preview for the Bears game. There's so much drama. We'll get into the Bears game, guys, I promise. Um, Ken Law, he's had that procedure done on his knee. Uh, Shanahan said, quote, you know, we think we found what the problem was and, and, and fixed it, I think was the term he used. Um, I believe it was an injury that he suffered against the Cowboys and he had kind of been playing with ever since. How big of a loss is this, Mike? No more Kinlaw for the rest of the year. I mean, it depends on what you mean by how big of a loss. A loss for this season? No. Uh, if if the season is going to continue to look the way it's looking with whether it be Kyle's fault or Jimmy's fault or whoever's fault. Hey, go get healed up. Don't get out there and make it worse. You know, uh, on, on the positive note, the silver lining in this is that they said that during this procedure, they found stuff that they thought could be the cause of all of this. And they think it's going to have better long-term ramifications than what they initially thought uh, and what they started. So um, I say that if the season is going to continue the way it is, then just go out there and get healed young man. You know, you're a big guy, you got a big body, and those legs are very, very important. Um, we knew about the the arthritis and all that before we drafted him. Um, and you got to do everything you can to take care of it. You got to do it the right way. Um, and, you know, even from his cryptic tweet from a couple of uh, days ago, it was, you know, the business side of this is BS. Yeah. And we know we've heard Kyle say he wants to play through injuries. He wants to get out there. I think the team thought it was best in, for in his best interest to get this taken care of now. And he just wanted to get out there and play, you know, and then yeah. he repeated today something along the lines of I'm going to remember everybody who doubted me or something like that. Keep that same energy type of thing. Like, wait till I get back, you know? So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. He, he, he put it on Instagram mentally. I'm ready to go the distance. Just remember how you gave up on the kid. Yes. Look, man, I, I, a lot of people are taking this as a shot at the Niners organization. I don't think that's the case. I think he sees, all of the fans that are out here saying he's a bust. Oh, bust. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I do think that if this actually does fix his knee, at least improve it significantly, 49ers fans are going to be singing his name for a, a couple of years, as long as he's under contract, because he's a beast. He's really good. And, and I think it's hilarious that the same Niners fans that are calling him a bust, saying the Niners shouldn't have drafted him, they knew about these injury problems are saying, well, we lost because we didn't have Kinlaw in there. You know, it's like you can't have it both ways. He's not DeForest Buckner. He never will be DeForest Buckner, but he's a great player. And when healthy, he's a game changer. I'll, I'll stand by that every day of the week. Uh, Stewart said, this team has so much drama going on. I wish we could get a book on the 2021 49ers unraveling. I joked about this with Matt. I want to say last, last week or the week before. You don't have to wait until we get a book. Kyle will go on Sean McVay's podcast in six months and talk about everything. Just like he did about wanting to get Matt Stafford. You know, it's like, dude, wait until you're like old and gray to sit by the campfire and tell these stories. Not a week after it happened when you still got to see these people. I tell you what, man, I know it won't happen. But imagine if this team were to turn around and win the Super Bowl. You know how they do that disc? 
that you can get. And it's like all the behind the scenes and the stories and the interviews and all that. What a season it would be to turn this around in the middle of all this turmoil, the two quarterbacks and all, I mean, just the number one picks not being used. Like this would be a hell of a CD to go back and watch just to see how the players all just break it down and talk about it. The coaches and all that stuff. I mean, Oh man, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. It would be insane. I mean, look, Hey, the, the giants, did they win the year? They were seven and nine. I feel like they did. Right. So Crazier things have happened. The two, man. the two times that they made it to the postseason, I think it was nine and seven, right? Wasn't it? Okay, nine yeah, yeah, seven? you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the, but the two years that they made it to the postseason, they beat the Patriots. I mean, it's, yep. it's just what they did. Yep. Yep. It's, it's it's crazy, man. And Kyle cited the one time he was on a team and they started what three and six and made the playoffs or something like that, and it was Washington, and that was when they shredded RG 3s knee. So quarterback controversy on that team too. Uh, we're going to get into the injury report, get into our MVP and final score predictions and start to wrap things up. I talked about Javon Kinlaw's out, obviously. This is a huge practice report that came um, out today. Concussion with Aziz Al-Shair and D Ford. I believe they're doubtful for tomorrow. Uh, Marcel Harris, he was limited. No official status. Kinlaw obviously out. Trey Lance, limited, but he is expected to play. And that's fantastic. Uh, Mac didn't practice, but that was non-injury related. Samuel has that calf injury, did not practice. Um, Tart is out with a knee injury. And Trent Williams and Samson Ebicom, uh, well, Trent Williams didn't practice, but I thought we saw him out there dressed up. So he should be able to go tomorrow. Ebicom fully practiced with ankle injury. And then Bosa and Wish, Nowski, both didn't practice today. Or excuse me, they're both on the injury report. I don't know why they're on this injury report if they fully practice, but... Oh, you know what? I'm looking at the wrong date. Excuse me, guys. I'm looking at Wednesday over here, wondering why the hell this is so different from what I heard. So, the the, the excuse me, the injury list, Matt, Mike, is still rather big. Um, obviously, I think the the biggest one of these will be Ken Law, and then also Tart will not be there. We're going to see Talano Hufanga get that start. How do you feel about that secondary? We saw them doing those drills to not get flagged for PI, which. I think I saw you tweet out. Maybe it was you. Like, shouldn't they be telling the receivers to jump? Like, what's yeah. going on with that? Well, I well, one, I thought it would help that receivers were actually running these drills with them. It was DBs on DBs. That was the first thing. And then it was like, well, shouldn't they at least have the receivers complete running? They don't even have to jump, but they kind of teetered off. But someone, uh, you know, made it clear to me that they were just trying to avoid injury. And it was uh, get your head around, not so much jump for the contested balls and not get pass interference against your opponent who's also jumping. So it was more about getting your head around. And if you go back and you watch the drill again, you see them all like, you know, after a certain amount of steps, they're looking. But that's easy if you know the route. So that's why I didn't get it. Like, I, I didn't quite understand. But again, that's also what they show to the public. That's not what they're working on in practice. So, yeah. Um, but the secondary is definitely going to be um, an interesting thing to, to watch this week. Um, you know, and I don't are linebackers considered secondary players. I, I don't know how that works as far as depth goes, but Tyrell Adams may be getting his first start as a 49ers, uh, 49er, uh, because of the Aziz Al Shayer and Dre Greenlaw shortage here. So I'm just not quite sure, um, how it's going to look back there. There's going to be some people for, um, the Bears to target. You know what I'm saying? Um, Tart is going to be missed. I think Hufunga brings a little bit 
of a different dynamic. Uh, so it could be exciting, but it, it's, it's, it could be a boom or bust type of thing, you know? So uh, we'll see what happens. I think one guy, I think, I think Hufunga will make more plays um, in the secondary than Tart will, as opposed to just being um, assignment sound, like how Tart is. So Yeah, Tart's frustrating to watch back there. They don't, there are no turnovers generated. They really need to get that going. And by the way, it's BS that they took away uh, was it Ebucom's pick last against the Colts. They they called it a fumble. They like, called it a on. fumble. Yeah, they yeah. called it a fumble. Was it was it was it Ebucom? I don't remember. Uh, is it, I I'll say here. I'll say here. Oh yeah, 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 Aziz. Oh yeah, 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 Aziz, Aziz. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like how like what? How was that yeah. not a? But, you know, I mean, a turnover is a turnover, but that was that was a little crazy. I don't understand. I never went back and watched the replay of it and how they determined that it was a. A fumble instead. I thought it was a clear arm extending forward. Yeah, he got hit, but he still threw the. I mean, the ball went forward. Right. So, so if, if, the, if the arm is going forward and it hit the ground, you would have called it an incomplete pass. But because someone caught it, they called it a fumble. Okay. That. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's Any, anything to protect Wentz's stance stats, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's nuts. Yeah. So moving on to the Bears injury report, um, we got Khalil Mack is going to be out with that foot injury. Uh, Tashawn Gibson, their DB, is questionable with a hip injury. Wide receiver Jakeem Grant is questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, defensive tackle Akeem Hicks is questionable with a groin injury. And their linebacker Sam Kamara is questionable with a knee injury. And uh, Jas- Jesper Horstead is questionable with a knee injury as well. So the Bears are coming in pretty beat up. I'm pretty sure there are other ones. This is from the latest injury report that I saw. But I believe like their left tackle guys have already been out, so they're probably just not on here. Yeah. But how do you feel going into this game overall? I mean, are you optimistic? Are you basically just numb at this point, like me? <laughs> Man, you know it's it's so hard to to try to think with a head that doesn't include bias in it, right? Like you, this is this is something that we're. I mean, all over your background there, and and, and on the walls, I can see the 49er stuff, and like this isn't this. I'm not in a studio. This is my living room. Okay. Like this is this is my living room wall here, okay. So, um, you know, this is a uh, this is something that we we breathe, we live this, right? And everything in me says, if we can't win this game, which one can we get the rest of the year, right? Like, I mean, the Bears are just terrible right now. They're, they're terrible right now. But I think that when I step back, I have to really reflect on the 49ers right now. And right now, they're a bad team. I think they have a good roster. I think they have a good coach. I think they, but I think that they're a bad team. Bad teams find ways to lose, while good teams find ways to win. Right? I I knew for sure we were going to win this game last week. I knew we were going to beat the Colts. Right? This week, I feel the same exact way, and I believe in subliminal messaging. Right? And I went and I looked at the pressers from yesterday, not the ones that came out today, but from yesterday. Everybody wore black. I've never seen that before. Everybody wore a black shirt, not a little bit of black in it, all black funeral style. Like that gave me chills. I'm like, oh, they're they're all about business now. Like these guys are getting ready to get after it, right? I want to pick them to win. I want to pick them to win. But Zach, I just I just can't do it, man. I think we have a good opening drive. I think we have a good finishing drive to get the game a little closer than what it is. But 
I think the secondary is going to continue until they show me that something's different. First, we said they needed turnovers. They finally got turnovers. We just gave up more turnovers. So we still lost a turnover battle, but we generated turnovers, right? We forced some fumbles. We didn't recover them all. We got some picks. Like the defense focused on something. They executed on it, and it still wasn't enough. Jimmy, the offense, whatever it is, the play calling, it still managed to sputter out and just not bring home the bacon. So with that said, I'm, I think I'm going I'm, to – I'm not confident. I think I'm going to pick the Bears – to win this game until the Niners show me because look, the bears throw the ball down the field more than any other team in the NFL. And that right now is the weakness. The 49ers have more pass interference penalties than any team in the NFL. And that's a strength against the weakness. That's not a strength against the strength. Um, And so even if we come down a little bit, and even if they come down a little bit, that still favors them, right? We might not give up 120 yards of penalties, but if you give up 60 yards of penalties, that might be enough. Um, I, I just I have to see it before I can believe it anymore, man. I I think I think I'm just done picking. You know what? I am in a competitive pick 'em league. Let me see who I picked in that game. <laughs> I know that shouldn't be like, but because like you you go I go back and forth all week long. And like if if I wake up on Tuesday, the way I felt then is gonna be different than the way I felt now. And I picked where is it? Where is it? Pittsburgh. I picked the 49ers actually. Okay, all right. I, I picked this when I made these picks on uh on Thursday. So, you know, I mean, it's just that, that but that just shows you where I am, right? Yep. Like right now I feel like I'm being a little bit more level-headed and less emotional and my heart says like no, no, my mind says stop picking the Niners. I have to pick yeah. the Bears. Yeah. But those black those black shirts in the presser yesterday that got me excited, and I feel like we're, we we could win. I'm gonna final answer. I'm gonna say the Bears right now, but don't be surprised if when we do our preview show, I say the Niners. So don't 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 take anything away from. Don't me. hold you to it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's funny. Sunday night we came on here. I wasn't all black, but for a different reason because I laid this season to rest until yeah. we see Trey Lance under center permanently. I'm not convinced the Niners. Jermaine Effetti is the one that I couldn't remember. He will be out with COVID. Yes. That's their starting tackle, which is a big loss for them. Um, Justin Fields is already getting obliterated back there as it is with Effetti out there. So I don't know, is man. Is he officially out? I heard they got two players back from the COVID list today. I don't. This was don't... as of 145 today. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not. I, I when I saw that I said Bears by one or Niners by one like that's how close I am not yeah. confident at all and that's strictly because of what they've shown the last two weeks last two games I should say are completely different vibes the first game Trey against Arizona yeah they only put up what ten points but I felt like they were getting somewhere there was progress being made the team was able to move the ball I thought Trey got better as the game went on. I thought if a couple of tweaks here or there, this could actually be something. And then we saw Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners come out and lay an egg on Sunday night on national TV at home and your throwback jerseys when it mattered most, when you had two weeks to prepare for it. Yep. So now I'm like, who is this team? I Can right. I honestly say they can win the, the games they're supposed to win? No, right. I can't. And now we're so, to travel. Yeah, you know. exactly. Travel. A shorter week because it was a night game. I know it's not a full day, but still, 
I'm going to say Bears by three. Honestly, I don't think the Niners can pull it off. And I have this sick feeling in my gut that Justin Fields is going to have a career day. He's going to have the day that people saw him have at Ohio State. And it's like, damn, man, against the Niners. Yeah, Justin Fields, um, he had, he what was it, five turnovers yeah. in, that, in the last game that they had, and he goes to the podium, and he's like, you know, but I, I'm not worried. We're going to bounce back very soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't – that wasn't a, I got to get better. I got to work on this. I got to work on that. He said that with confidence. You know why he, he looked said at the schedule? <laughs> yes, exactly. He looked down at the schedule and said, oh, this secondary – yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Don't worry. We'll be right back. Yeah. We'll be right back. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I mean, it's the Niners are the get right team, and teams are are doing just that. They're getting right against us. Uh, and this is going to be. I got a feeling this will be a very entertaining game, though. I don't think anyone's getting blown out in this game. Um, yeah, that, that's a one score prediction right there. Um, I, I don't see anyone getting blown out in this game. But let me ask you this question, and put on your 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 Homer hat. Put on your, you know, over overly critical hat of the 49ers too. If there was, my man's got bobbleheads for days over. There. You know, is that the George Kittle one where he's got his arms up in the air? Yeah. My kids broke the arms off my George Kittle one. It came a little smashed, the box, but the guys, oh, yeah. George, still cool. You know, it's funny. I got that those crates. I not not to cut you off real quick, but I got those Niner crates. And they came in them. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And the oh, yeah. first one was supposed to have Jimmy, but it came with Joe with his mic. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And then they emailed and they were like, we sent Joe by mistake. We're going to send you Jimmy. So then I got Jimmy. And I, between you and I, I swear I only bought one and I got a second one. So that's how I got this George, too. So I'm like, all right, word. That's dope. That's so, really yeah. Cool. I've never seen that Joe one before. Yeah, he's doing the Joe show. So. You about, about to start some trouble, bro. You about to start some trouble, man. We're gonna knock on my door. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, you, you're gonna have fans that, like beating down the Niners door. Like, where's this at? So that's that's incredible, man. That's that's really incredible. But oh, what I was gonna ask you was this: be overly critical, be a Niner, Niner homer, whatever it is, right? If this game were to be a blowout, who blows out who? think the bears blow out the niners i i I only say that because justin fields is very mobile he hasn't shown it yet he's shown it in very very small stints but i think that it's tough it really is tough because we did see the niners blow out the 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 lions to start the year Mm -hmm. and then that got completely burned tossed away buried six feet under we haven't seen that since so i don't really know which team um and if we could just get Kyle Shanahan to treat every drive like it's the first drive of the game, we'd be in great shape. But something after those scripted plays are done, he turns into a different play caller. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I want to say just the mobility of Justin Fields. Like you said, they throw it deep. That's the 49ers Achilles heel with their defense. I, I got to say they're susceptible to that deep bomb. They're susceptible to holding and, and getting those DPIs. And I hate to be a downer, but I would say likely this all likelihood probably the Bears. Yeah, you know it's and it's rough because the Niners are a team that just don't take advantage of advantage of an opposing team's weakness or deficiencies for that individual week, right? They say that this team doesn't have good wide receivers, 
right? So the corners are going to have an easy day. That team usually has a great day passing. Yeah. Or, you know, when we played the Seahawks and they had no run game at all, yeah. they came no out secondary. 150 yards on us, right? The Seahawks couldn't stop anybody from passing, and we finished the game with like 112 passing yards total. Yeah. It's like the teams that we're supposed to do X, Y, Z against, we never do. So people saying the Bears don't have an offensive line, that ain't going to matter. Yeah, that's not going to matter. Neither did the Packers. Right, right. I mean, the Seahawks never had a good offensive line, right? Like, it's just, it just seems like the the 49ers just don't do what you expect them to do or what the numbers say they should do against a certain opponent. I just don't know. I I, I just, I'm not, I'm not confident, man. But go Niners. I want us to win. Yeah, I agree. And I told myself (laughs) after Sunday night's game, I'm not picking them to win any more games until we see something from them because we're coming out looking stupid because they want to do whatever the hell they want to do. You know, it's yeah. like, come on, get it together. And and it's another thing to lose games, right? Like I, I'm not one of those person that I'm I'm not a I'm not a results based guy, right? Like a win is a win and a loss is a loss. I get that, but if you if you if it's a competitive game and it's a shootout and you lose because you miss a field goal or an extra point. Like, you still played a really good game. We're not even losing in a good way. We're not even losing in a good way. Like, we look bad. Like They the laid offense- down against the Colts. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. did you see Darius Leonard afterwards? Yeah, I'm really glad they got away from what they did on that first drive because we couldn't stop it at all. Yeah, running the ball. Yeah, they, it, they couldn't wait for us to stop running the ball. And so, you know, it's just – it like we found in a monsoon. Was- Sorry, yeah. just in a monsoon. You left it in Jimmy's arm. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Yep. And for the All first right. time in its career, he had a throwing glove on, and we thought, "Yeah, let's Two. keep going." <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Right. It's just, it was just. Yeah. It, was just it was a weird, weird, weird situation for me, man. All right, we, we're going to give our offensive and defensive MVP predictions, and we gave the margin. We'll give some final score as well, Mike. Who is your offensive MVP of this game? All right. So um going to be in Chicago, a little bit cooler than what the guys are used to. We want to see some legs churning a little bit here. Um, I'm going to go hard. Right, here, here's a shocker. If we're going to just do this, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. I know that he isn't even getting targeted right now, right? But I think Brandon Ayuk has a day. Uh, Je- John Lynch said something uh, that really stood out to me on KMBR. Uh, one, he said that, you know, and I think he let this slip. Uh, he was like, you know, the guy had a little bit of a setback and you got to work work your way back. Uh, and then you have to get back in the rhythm with your quarterback. Like he he slid that in there as if he was working with Trey instead of Jimmy. But what he was saying about him in totality was he's doing all the right things. It's finally coming together in, in, in practice. And now we want to see if it comes together on the field. And he's done that for a couple of weeks consecutively now. So we remember seeing him, you know, waving his hands wide open on that Debo play would have been an easy touchdown. And we've seen him open a couple of other times. I really think that this is the game that no one's going to be thinking about. Brandon Ayuk is going to be focused solely on Debo. Here he comes to save the day. Brandon Ayuk, offensive MVP. Wow. All right. I really hope so. It would be a breath of fresh air. Um, observe natural evolution says Kyle will do the opposite of what is necessary. You say we should run more F that shotgun all game. Yeah, it really is true, man. Um, it feels that way. It's like, it does. 
and, and, and what's working too. That's what's frustrating. He goes away from what's working. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell. And even though that was a hilarious joke, I think that he has seen and heard enough to where he knows, all right, I really do got to stick with the run. Um, last week I got away from it for whatever reason may be. He's going to stick with the run. I think we see another 100-yard game from Elijah Mitchell and a touchdown. Um, and he's just putting together a you know string of really good games. I'm excited to see what this rookie has in store. Um, would like to see Trey Sermon a little more, but it's all right. We're getting some production from Elise Elijah Mitchell. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I know I like I like that pick. That's a very good pick, you know. And, and what's what's even more like this is this is why this year is such an anomaly to me. Now, I can't call it an anomaly. I'm just I don't know what I'm witnessing. Since when does Kyle Shanahan abandon the hot hand? Like we would run Mostert twenty times, and he's not that he's not built to carry the ball that much, right? But because he was so good and, and explosive, they wouldn't stop until teams stopped him or he got injured. And then you got Elijah Mitchell who's out there killing it. And it's like, all right, chill. Not just right. No, nah, it's okay. Well, oh, what's that? You're only averaging 4.8. Get on the bench. You know, right. It's like, come on. Right. Man. So it's like, you know, I, I just don't know, but you know, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, Mike, who is your defensive MVP prediction? All right. All right. I'm going to go with a pass rusher here, uh, but it's not going to be Nick Bosa. I'm going to go with Jordan Willis. I think Ooh. if D Ford is actually held out, which is a possibility that he's going to be. Uh, he's not completely ruled out. They said they had a minor setback, but they still have a slim chance to clear concussion protocol and he could play. If D Ford is out, I'm going to go with Jordan Willis in his uh, debut of the, in the 2021 season, the freshest legs on the field uh, coming off the edge, uh, the forgotten man, so to speak. I'm going with two forgotten guys. I'm going to go with two forgotten guys and go with Jordan Willis to make the biggest impact uh, and be the defensive MVP. Wow. Okay. I like it. Um, Matt, just for the record, says Nick Bosa, three sacks, four swumble every week until it's going to happen. He's speaking it into existence. I'm not going to say that for him, but I saw our guys for our faithful podcast said Bosa, three sacks. So for Matt, we'll get that into the ether. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, it's last week I went Manny Mosley and he, he kind of burned me with that prediction. Um, I want to say Fred. We haven't seen that top-level performances that we're used to from Fred. I think he treats this game as his get-right game, and we see a nice, nice, solid outing from Fred. And I'm not sure if it was him, but one of the players said, we we're, we need leaders to step up, and I think he steps up. I really do think so. So I'm going to go Fred Warner, and I'm going to say uh, he's got, he gets a pick Sunday against Justin yeah. Fields. Fred's gonna have to step it up. Potentially no Aziz. Potentially no Greenlaw. I mean, he's 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 gonna have to put on his big boy pants here, and uh, you know, really be that leader. That's another thing. This, this defense is just falling apart. Like just there's little pieces here, little pieces there. They start nicking away. This is what happens when losing seasons and people start saying, you know what, man, I think I am a little bit more hurt than I thought. Uh, I need to sit this one out, coach. And so hopefully uh, we can we can get it right though. Hopefully we can get it right, but. I just don't. I don't see. I don't see the pass interference is changing and stuff like that. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I like. I like your pick though, man. I like it, Fred Warner. Um, he's got that eye of the tiger thing going on right now. You know, he's 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 all business and no play. I like it. I, like I hope it. so. I hope so. Um, I says, or I say, Norman gets an INT. I hope so, as long as it's not a DPI. Yeah, but see, like that's the thing. Like they went out and they got these aggressive style 
corners, this is what you're going to get. This is what this is what you're going to get. These guys know how to play the game. So we'll see. Yep. Debbie Ryan said, here's my conspiracy theory. It's almost like Kyle sees something is working. Nods. Okay. I'm going to save that. So there's no film on it and use it when I put Trey in as a starter. Yeah, except for when he put Trey in, he didn't do any of the shit that was. <laughs> he did it. So you know, it's like it's it's like I, I'm with her on that. You know, it's like all right, let me save that for later. And we've heard the quote. You know, he he said he said it before, where if something works in preseason, it's not likely to work again in the regular season. So you know, you got to be careful with what you show and so on and so forth. But like, damn it, dude! Like, at some point, you got to stop saving plays and use the yeah. good plays so you can get the wins. There's no need in saving stuff so you can lose. Like you, you got you got to put it out there. You got to let it yeah. go. Let it. It stop running your quarterback sixteen times. Don't do that ever again. Ever, ever. Yeah. Um. All right. Final score predictions, and then we're we are all done for this evening. Hit like and subscribe if you guys haven't already. We're trying to get two thousand subscribers so we can give away another forty nine ers jersey. Hit those buttons, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you guys. What you do got, that. Mike? Um. All right. So can I give two score predictions? Like one if the Niners win and one if the uh, Bears. Let's win? do it. Yeah. 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 All right, I mean, so it's a really a Jekyll and Hyde type team. So. It is. It is. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Bears as my as my choice right now, right? And if the Bears win this game, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a final score of 24, 24, 19. 24 19. Um, again, I don't think that this game is gonna be a blowout. I don't think anybody walks away from anybody. Um, if we had Aziz and Fred and Greenlaw. I think that this Niners team would really stifle that def- uh, that offense. I really, really do. I think we can get after it. I think we see some very, very interesting blitzes. Um, and so, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this prediction with the Niners winning, with the caveat that they win this game because Aziz is playing. He hasn't been ruled out yet. He's just doubtful because he's still in concussion protocol. Right? Yeah. He's not officially out. No, not officially. Okay. So if Aziz plays, I will say that the Niners win this game, but the defense does a little bit more than what we expect. I say they get a couple more turnovers, um, and I'm going to say that the Niners win this game 27-17 to if they win. So we're 24-19 or 27-17. Okay, I like it. Um, following your lead, I'll, I'll give two scores as well just so I could kind of play it safe. <laughs> Uh, I think if they lose, they're going to lose like 17 to 20. Um, okay. Something close. Um, I, I just see it, you know, that, that kind of being the case. But if they win, oh man, I, I'm going to say if they, if they win, I think they're going to win somewhat, I don't want to say big, but more than 10. And I would I'll say it like, that way. Yeah, I'll say like 27, 17. Yeah. Just because they've been getting trashed for a month straight, five weeks. Yeah. And I think they're sick of it. I really do. But like I said, I'm not taking them until they prove it because then I look dumb. You know, it's <laughs> like you're you're making us look dumb out here because we believe in you guys and you come out on the field and lay an egg. So right. come on, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. I see Ian saying we're fence sitters. No, I want to make it clear. I am picking the Bears to win this game. I am picking the Bears 24-19. But I was just saying that, I mean, I, I can easily see how, how the Niners can win, but it's about them just executing. It's not, you know, they, they got to go out there and do it. And I just, I don't have faith in Jimmy to execute with on the offensive side of the ball. 
I don't know enough about Terrell Adams to say that he can go out there and replace the play that we're getting from Aziz this year. It's a, it's a, it's he's been playing, playing. And so, you know, I, I can't sit here and just be like, this guy is, is going to come in here and do that. And I think that's it. That's another step back. You don't have tart. Uh, I'm not even sure who, who's the starting corner opposite of Mosley. I mean, it's definitely is Mosley and Norman. It's Norman, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Are, they, are they both going to be starting this week for sure? Yeah. Okay. So you know, I mean, yeah, I, I like the way that they've been playing. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it wasn't a bad pick to have have Mosley last week as your defensive guy because um, you, this is this is why I got killed for defending Akella Witherspoon. Right? He might not get the hand on the ball or make the play, but you never see this guy get beat. And you're not seeing that this year with Mosley. No one is 15 yards away like a busted coverage or a bad assignment. It's just they happen to make the catch. Or in his case last week, he got the penalty. But I give me corners that make every catch an opponent has a contested catch. I will take that 100 times out of 100 times uh, if that's the case. Make it hard for them. You know, go out there and make them earn it. And that's what I want to see. That, to me, is a good corner. Someone who's not a liability out there. Someone who's not just going to give up on the play, Drake or Patrick. You know what I'm saying? So that, yep. that's what I want to see. Yep. I agree. Um, two two quick points. One, is Aziz Alshayers making Dre Greenlaw expendable? I mean, can we, or at can least we say that? At least movable. Okay. They, they they're gonna switch sides from Will to Sam and Sam to Will like they like he's 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 showing like hey I can I can do this thing man yeah. absolutely I agree um and, and second point Ian fence sitter you can call me a fence sitter but I really do think it depends on how Jimmy's calf feels man how bruised is it how how strained is this calf how purple is this calf well we won't see until after the game I mean it might feel good going in but we never know it might feel bad coming out so. And yeah, he says, let's face it, guys. Anything can happen. It has that sort of feel to it. It does. It does. It, it reminds me of that week one game against Detroit. It's like we really don't know what to expect. Um, but I think more fans are kind of pessimistic now and, and for, for good reason. So with all that said, guys, thank you very much for tuning in, Mike. Thank you so much for filling in for Matt. It was a blast having you on. We got a super chat. I didn't even get a chance to read it. Uh, but it said more Hive and, and nothing but Niner crossovers. Yeah, we'd love to do that. So absolutely, you get like you guys it. on our show too. Uh, you know, let people know where you guys are and everything, and and you know, get some of those viewers from our side on over here, and, and vice versa. You know, I want I want some of these guys too, man. I'm seeing some names in here that now I'm not a I'm not much of a chat reader. This is my biggest flaw on nothing but Niners that like Nick and Wayne. Those guys are excellent at keeping their eye on the chat, and when I do it, I'm like I think matter of fact, I think Miss Debbie mentioned it last show she's like you like like the my attention to me is like a squirrel like what is that like i i i am not good at it i have to stay on task locked in on the topic whatever we're discussing and debating or if i'm in the chat i'm all the way in the chat i i don't have that uh that that thing i don't know how people do it man i yeah. i can't do it so uh but i see some names on here that i i don't know so yeah man guys we're over at nothing but niners man uh come on check us out you know yeah and i would love to get you guys on the show man you know we have yeah. Patreon. We could do a, something exclusive, you know, what, whatever it is that you guys want, somewhere where you can let loose and be a little less PC, you know, like let it, let it rip, you know, take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, you know, like, come on now, like, let's go. I want to I see it. I want to see it, man. I'm All right. It. I'm down. That'd be great, guys. Um, again, Mike, huge, huge thing. Go follow him. Go subscribe to the Beniners. 
great content and let's hope for a win. I'm, I'm a little pessimistic, but I'm, I'm going to stay as optimistic as possible going into Sunday. Also, guys, we got a really fun Halloween show planned for you. Matt and I will be in character. That's all I'm going to say. So come back after the game on Sunday and come check out the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, everybody have a good, safe weekend and stay faithful. I think, what, what is, how does Matt normally close out the show? I think he says, uh, until next time, Go Niners.